皆様ご起立ください Konnichiwa, Paralympics fans and lovers of Shuklistan, and welcome to day seven coverage of the Tokyo 2020 Paralympics on Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co host, Allison Brown. Allison, Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. I know what day of the week it is. I know what day we're on, but I have watched the same race at least four times. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. I do not know what day it is today. I think keep thinking it's the weekend and it's not, but I am with you on the multiple races, multiple games at the same time. This happened because when I turned on the TV, it was wheelchair rugby again. And we've had a long conversation about this in the Facebook group. And then a wheelchair basketball came out. And I'm like, oh, I haven't seen this one. And the shirts were in a different pattern on the, the seats. And then I looked at the schedule and realized, oh, it was a game from. The day before, too, because it was a US game. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not getting current action. We do the best we can. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, news from the follow up file the IPC is flying their flags at half mast in Tokyo today because IOC former president Jacques Rogue has passed away. Really sad news. And the IPC and the IOC really started working well together. Under Jacques Rogue's tenure, they said that under his leadership, that London 2012 really happened for the Paralympics. And that's really their best Olympic and Paralympic Games, if you look at them combined. And during his time as IOC president, he signed several agreements that offered the IPC some stability and enabled the organization to grow and flourish. So it's really because of him and his leadership that the IPC. Has such a strong partnership with the IOC and is, I think that's really helping the games get a lot more prominence. Former president of the IPC, Philip Craven, said if, if it wasn't for Jacques Rogue, the IPC would have reached financial disaster, basically. Jacques Rogue was 79 years old and sad day in the Olympic and Paralympic world. Yesterday, we talked about Ecuador winning its first Paralympic medals. It gets even better. Well, we were excited because Ecuador won some medals. I did not know at the time that they were their first Paralympic medals and their sisters. So, this was women's shot put in the F20 class, if you remember. And the two sisters walked away with gold and bronze. That just makes me happy. I love all these family dinners where people can just be like, oh, yes, I'm just wearing a necklace today with my outfit. It's like, oh, so am I. I've, I've noticed as I've been editing that I've forgotten to include some countries of athletes. So I wanted to quick run through them. In the women's 100 meter T38 class, bronze medalist Lindy Ave is from Germany. In the men's high jump T47 class, Nishad Kumar, Nishad Kumar is from India. In the shot put F40 class for the men, Miguel Montero is from Portugal, and in the men's 400-meter T54 class, Dai Yongcheng is from China. So I apologize for those errors. And also follow-up file, just mentioned that wheelchair basketball and the designs with the shirts covering seats that somebody is doing there. So the other day it looked like it spelled Yoko50, but listener Kaori said that might be Yokoso. Which means welcome in Japan. Oh, that's nice. With a smiley face, it makes so much sense. It does make sense. And I am going to believe that. 
because it does look nice. And and the last one they had was a checkerboard pattern. So now I kind of want to keep watching wheelchair basketball to see what the patterns are. I bet somebody is having fun. And you know what? Someone is very appreciative that you are noticing that. <laughs> there is someone in Tokyo saying, oh, Jill Jarris noticed my pattern. My day is made. <laughs> You've got some information about the wheelchair rugby tournament that we would like to hear. Yes. So wheelchair rugby made a change this year that gave being a woman an advantage in your point system. So you know how you can only have a certain number of points based on the disabilities on the court at the time. Well, just being a woman, they subtract half a point. So shockingly, we've had the most women ever in this tournament, which was four. So four different countries had women on their teams. But more importantly, Team GB's Kylie Grimes is the first woman to win gold at the wheelchair rugby tournament. And because Japan, Kurahashi K won a bronze, it's the first time two women have been on the podium. That's really cool. I like hearing it. And then what's the other thing you got follow up on? So yesterday we mentioned that there was a protest made in one of the discus categories. Well, it turns out that it had to do with the classification for Vinod Kumar, who won the bronze. And it just came out this morning. I'm reading this as I'm talking to you. He has lost his bronze. It's in the F52 category because he was deemed ineligible based on the classification that he should not have been in that class. Whoa. Okay, now we have to dig into this a little bit more. So his classification was done in Japan after arrival, which we knew was going to be problematic. So we'll have to get some more information. But this was just reported on ESPN at 8 o'clock this morning. So this is new, new news. Wow. So interesting. And we know that classification can be such a hairy issue. And can you protest the protest? So this is going to be interesting to see. When we saw that yesterday, we were so confused as to, oh, why are these results being protested? Because there didn't seem to be anything wrong with the competition, but it was much deeper than that. So we'll have to see if this is generally an issue or if this is new to Tokyo because of the difficulty with classification because of COVID. Interesting. Okay. Segment that I keep hoping we don't have to have every day, but it's time for feed beefs. (laughs) The big beef was we all are happy about repetitive rugby matches. And I love wheelchair rugby, but when you have an entire program of other sports and you choose to replay the same match, this is the third time USA GB has been on. Yes. And it's on the feed. This is actually something you can get video on demand on the streaming site. Who is running the show at NBC? I I mean, like we need to bring in like a projector and those transparent slide thing. What do you even call those? Transparencies. Okay. Yes. With the dry erase marker. Yes, exactly. So if we bring in that little setup and we draw in there, like video on demand exists and DVR technology exists because I'm sure even DV people go, why would you have something on a DVR still too, probably, but maybe if we explain it in a way they could understand, they don't need to reshow 
the same things over and over. And my guess is that the argument on their side would be, well, this was a really important game and we want to try to get as many audiences as, as possible. But, you know, just put it on your social media and say, go to the replay. I could understand them with one reshowing because they had it live. It was at like six o'clock in the morning. Okay. But they did a midday on Olympic Channel and then the evening on the primetime coverage. Pick one or the other of those afternoon replays. Right. You know, how about some archery? How about some bacha? Because when I got some highlights, they went around the horn again for some sports. So I saw one point of archery. I saw a winning score in judo. I saw uh, one throw of a shot put only because an American got on the medal stand. And then I think Carolyn Mano said, well, let's see if we can take a look at Baccia. And then they showed a couple of roles and they explained like Baccia is an extremely popular sport with its, with its audience. But showing one or two roles with not really explaining how the ramps work and how the assistant helps, it was pointless. So this reminds me of when we were kids watching the Olympics. Mm-hmm. you know, through the 80s, where you had, you know, at that time, it was mostly ABC, but you had one channel. And then we got all excited when cable came in, and you could get two more channels. Remember, we were talking about the triple cast. Oh, yeah. And this is what this feels like. And we have the technology to not go back to 1984. So let's right. use it. Right. And I feel like the thought process is, well, people don't have much of an attention span, so we show them a little bit, and then they can go and look into it more if they want to. Here's bacha. Here's a sport that people don't necessarily know about, a general audience. So do we put bacha on for two hours, or do we put on a minute, and then maybe they'll go and look it up if we make it available, which we probably won't. You know, to be fair, we did complain during the Olympics about being bombarded with too much coverage in a way. But on the flip side, the real problem is, is it's so poorly organized. It's not amount or volume or lack of amount or volume. It's access and organization. And clearly, they need a whole team of cataloging librarians to go to NBC and work this out because they will clean this mess up within three days. <laughs> very true. It's very hard to find stuff. And I think part of it is is also the style of website layout we have today too. With big squares and bigger pictures, you have to scroll a lot more so you can't necessarily see as much on one screen. And it's a lot harder to find. Which is so antithetical to using a phone for this. Mm-hmm. You know, the mobile version is no better than the desktop version in terms of not having to scroll, finding things easily. The search is ridiculously poor. But if you want to see Daniel Romanichuk win multiple times of the same race, you will see that. Which is hard because I believe he also competes in multiple races. He's in like six different races. So I was like, oh, is he winning more than one medal? No, he just keeps winning the same one. It's the Groundhog Day of the track competition. All right, let's get off of that because we could they, we could go for an hour. How about a little bit of name that OBS commentator or presenter? So we have sent out our team to search out the super spies. And yes. especially Patrick from Green Bay has been particularly helpful. 
So he said the equestrians are John Kyle and Deborah Criddle. So Deborah Criddle is that lady that you love. Okay. We have to find out more about her and her background. Well, I got some news from listener Jim. And I'm th- thank you, Jim, for pointing this out because I totally meant to mention it to you yesterday and I forgot. So I had wheelchair tennis on the feed and the commentator also does Taekwondo. It is John Cullen, who is from Scotland. And yes, you will just die over his accent. It okay. is beautiful. You just go pull up some wheelchair tennis, listen to John talk. He could say anything and it would sound beautiful. That Scottish accent, man, kills me every time. All right. Time for what officiating or volunteer job do we want? What do you want today? So since we got to watch the wheelchair rugby 46 times, mm-hmm. I got to see the turnover of the court to the medal ceremony. And there are these volunteers that come out like little worker bees and just clear the court of anything court-like, set up all the boxes, put out the runners, put out the tables. It was like the people who turn over a catering hall at a wedding. Mm, mm -hmm. The speed and the efficiency with which they did this was beautiful. And I want to be a part of it. I can understand. It sounds like a lot of fun, especially when you're working as a team. Everybody's got their job. They know what they're doing and they do it all quickly and perfectly. The choreography was beautiful. Nobody was tripping over each other and they're rolling out rugs Mm -hmm. and bringing out pieces of furniture. And yet it all just came together so beautiful. And all of a sudden the wheelchair rugby court is turned into a medal ceremony. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. No flowers got dropped. It was great. I think I would like to go to table tennis and I've got a couple of jobs I'm weighing. I would like to today be, I believe it's the umpire, but it is not the person who calls the points and if shots are in or out, it is the person who keeps the time. And when there is a timeout, the umpire comes out from behind their little table with a little, like, it's almost like a lantern, but it's a clock. And they put the clock on the side of the table that is the uh, player who called the timeout, and it's got a countdown screen on it and counts down the time. And I love that. And you'd get to show off your little blazer. Right, except for I think they just might wear the red shirts, which I would be fine with too, because I really like those. Okay, before we get to today's action, we would like to tell you about our Kickstarter campaign. Six days left. We were 40% funded yesterday, 41% funded today. So thank you so much for those of you who have jumped on board to support our trip to Beijing and doing the podcast from Beijing for the Winter Olympics and the Winter Paralympics next year. So this is because we got media accreditations uh, several years before we thought we'd actually get approved for them. And uh, we have a small budget. A trip to China is a big budget item for a little podcast like us. So we are having a Kickstarter project to help fund our activities there. We are really excited to be able to go there and bring some coverage to you, especially on the Paralympic side. As we've noted, the coverage is rough and we are one of the very few podcasts that does anything for the Paralympics. So we would like to make our coverage better and this trip will help. So check out our campaign. If you are able to, please support it. When the Paralympic flame 
goes out, so does our campaign. So we've got a ways to go to get there, and uh, you can help us do that. Find out more and check out our, our great supporter bonuses. You can find them out at kickstarter.com slash profile slash flamealivepod. Okay, archery, which we've seen a couple of points now, I believe. We had the women's individual compound open. Gold went to Phoebe P- Patterson Pine from Great Britain, who won by one point. And her path to gold included knocking off her teammate and friend and defending gold medalist, Jess Stratton. That had to be a tough match. Silver went to Chile's Mariana Zuniga Varela, and bronze went to Italy's Maria Andrea Virgilio. And the men's side, this is the W1 individual competition. And these are for people who have moderately affected coordination or highly affected range of motion or an absence of limbs. Gold went to Czech Republic's David Drahaninsky, who won by one point. This is his fourth Paralympic medal in four games. He won gold at Beijing in 2008 and silvers at London and Rio. Silver went to Turkey's Nihat Turkmenoglu and bronze went to Turkey's Bahatin Hekimoglu. In athletics, starting out with a long jump, we had two men's long jumps competitions today. The first one was T12, which was a visual impairment class. Gold went to Amir Khosravani from Iran with a personal best jump. That's nice. Silver went to Lanier Savan Pineda from Cuba, who got an area record. And bronze went to Saeed Najavade from Azerbaijan. In the T36 class, which is a low to moderate impairment in all four limbs, gold went to Yevgeny Torsunov from RPC, who got a Paralympic record. Silver went to William Stedman from New Zealand with an area record. And bronze went to Roman Pavlik from Ukraine. Moving over to the discus, women and men each had one competition today. The women had an It was the F53 class, but we combined a whole bunch of classes together because there's not enough competitors for some of the classes. So these are athletes who are affected to a high degree in the trunk and legs or a low degree in the hand grip. Gold went to Elizabeth Rodriguez Gomez from Brazil, who got a world record. Silver went to Yana Lebedieva from Ukraine, who got a Paralympic record because she is in a different class than Elizabeth Rodriguez Gomez. And this is the same deal for bronze, which went to Zola Ovsi from Ukraine, who also got a Paralympic record. Cassie Mitchell from the USA, who set a world record for the F-51 class in May, took fourth. That's got to be tough when you have combined classes like that. Makes it hard to gauge your competitors. And I get combining them if there's not enough athletes or if we... I mean, when we talked with Ness Murby, he said that, you know, sometimes they don't offer a race or they don't offer a a throwing event because there's just too many events on the program. Maybe it's just like, well, at least I get to compete this go around. In the men's discus F56 final, this is a class where athletes are affected to an increasing degree from the top of the legs to the feet or they have an absence of legs. Gold went to uh, Claudine Batista dos Santos from 
Brazil with the Paralympic record. Silver went to Yogesh Katsuyunia from India. And bronze went to Leonardo Diaz Aldana from Cuba. Moving over to Javelin, the men had two different competitions today. The first one was the F46 final, which was a moderate disability in one or both arms or the absence of one arm. Gold went to Dinesh Priyan Herath Mudianasalaga from Sri Lanka with not, not just a world record, but also Sri Lanka's first gold medal. Nice. Silver went to Devandra from India, who got a personal best. And bronze went to Sudar Singh Gujar, also from India. In the F64 class, which is a, a moderate disability of or absence of one or both legs, gold went to Sumit Sumit from India, who set a world record for the F64 class. Silver went to Michael Burian from Australia, who set a world record for the F44 class. And bronze went to Sri Lanka's Dulan Kodituaku from Sri Lanka, who set a personal best. That was awesome. India is cleaning up in track. They are doing really well. They've gotten a whole bunch of medals this time. I'm really happy for them. And Sri Lanka coming on the board, too. I got to take a look at the medal table daily. To see what's going on, because we're saying so many different countries. You know, we mentioned Azerbaijan yesterday, but clearly India is going to be up there as well. Mm -hmm. In shot put, men had two competitions yesterday and women had one. For the men's F11 class, which is total visual impairment, gold went to Mahid Olad from Iran. Silver went to Alessandro Rodrigo da Silva from Brazil. And bronze went to Oni Tapia from Italy. In the F41 class, which is a short of stature class, gold went to Borbijan Omanov from Uzbekistan with a Paralympic record. Silver went to Hagen Landry from USA with an area record. And bronze went to Nico Kapal from Germany. Um, in the U.S., you're probably going to hear about Hagen Landry a bunch. I think we're going to see his throw. He is a glider. I will note that. He's from Louisiana, and Louisiana just got hit with Hurricane Ida, so that is going to be mentioned a fair amount for him. Women's shot put F54 class. This is a seated class with a high degree of disability from the mid-trunk through the legs. Gold went to Chile's Francisca Mardone Sepulveda, who set a world record. Silver went to Gloria Zarza Gardarama from Mexico, who set a personal best. And bronze went to Nurkan Kurbanova from Uzbekistan, who also got a personal best. That makes me happy. I was looking at some of the sheets and uh, even further down, there are a bunch of people who got their personal bests. And I think even if you can't medal, getting a personal best at the Paralympics must be awesome. You can't do better than that. You can't no. do better than your best and you can't. And we've talked to so many athletes about this. It doesn't matter what other people do. You can't control that but if you come out with your personal best it's fantastic okay moving to the track we had five different races for the 100 meters in the men's side starting with t33 which is a high degree of disability in both legs low to moderate disability in the trunk arms or hands gold went to andrew small from great britain silver went to aman almutari from kuwait which we have not said kuwait yet and bronze went to Harry Jenkins from Great Britain. 
in the T34 class, which is high degree of disability in both legs and low degree in trunk or arms. Gold went to Walid Katila from Tunisia with a Paralympic record. Silver went to Reed McCracken from Australia. And bronze went to Mohammed Al-Hamadi from United Arab Emirates. Also, one we don't hear about. I bet that's it's certainly their first medal this time around. I wonder if it's their first medal ever. I don't know. Something to look up. In the T35 class, it says moderate disability in both legs. So we see how it's progressing along as we move up in the numbers. Gold went to Dmitry Safranov from RPC with a world record. Silver went to Ihor Tsvyatov from Ukraine with a personal best. And bronze went to Artem Alashian from RPC also with a personal best. In the T63 final, this is absence of one leg above the knee. Gold went to Anton Prokhorov from RPC. He set a world record, but he is technically in the class T42. So his world record is going to be marked separately. Silver went to Vinicius Goncalves Rodriguez from Brazil, who set a Paralympic record for the T63 class. And bronze went to Leon Schaefer from Germany, who got a personal best. When I saw Vinicius, that just made me think of the Rio mascot. I thought I was being bad for thinking that. Like, <laughs> oh, is that discriminatory that that's the only image I can get in my head of this guy is that very frightening mascot from Rio. <laughs> I just think that means that it's good that we work together on this. <laughs> and the last men's 100 meter race was for the T64 class, which is the absence of one leg below the knee. Again, this was a mixed class. So for gold, that went to Felix Streng from Germany. Silver went to Sherman Isidro Giti Giti from Costa Rica, who got a personal best. There was a tie for bronze. Johannes Flores from Germany got the Paralympic record for the T62 class. And then Johnny Peacock from Great Britain won bronze as well, but he is in the T64 class. So, I mean, it's complicated with the class system, complicated, more complicated when it's mixed. And then when you're like, wait, you got a Paralympic record and you got the bronze? We're working on it. It, it makes sense once you understand. Also in this race, Mapule Lelo Malongo from South Africa finished fifth, but he did get a Paralympic record for the T44 class. And finally on the track, it was the women's 1,500-meter T11 final. This is a visual impairment class. Gold went to Monica Olivia Rodriguez Saavedra from Mexico, who set a world record. Silver went to Luzanne Kotsi from South Africa, who set an area record. And Nancy Chalangat Koech from Kenya took the bronze. So there have been several Mexicans on the track who have won medals. Mm -hmm. And the Paralympic Instagram page posted a picture of them wearing the masks that the wrestlers wear in Mexico. I guess there's this whole oh, culture of, yes, yes. So a bunch of them had the masks on with the Mexican flag behind them. So I'll repost that in a story, but it was great. Mexicans know how to throw a party when they win a medal. In Bacha, there's more preliminary competition. But I think they're going to start showing it on TV soon. Knock on wood. But hopefully we can have some more news for that from you on that. Equestrian finished up today. Did you watch any? I have not watched it yet. Okay. 
Because it was on broadcast TV. A few horses were. I actually was watching sitting volleyball finally for the first time. As was I. So equestrian, because you need a good chunk of time for equestrian, especially with the individuals. You do. And that made it very hard because they would show like one rider and then they'd go away and then they and go to another sport. And then they came back and showed several riders. Watching the feed makes it a lot easier because you have the time to sit and watch what happens. And the commentators have the time to explain what's going on as well. Yes, your beloved Deborah Criddle will serve you a cup of tea and pour the milk in first (laughs) and explain to you what is happening. So all five grades had their individual freestyle test today. In grade one, gold went to America's Roxanne Trinnell on Dalton. Silver went to Latvia's Rihard Snikus on King of the Dance. And bronze went to Italy's Sarah Morganti on Royal Delight. In grade two, gold went to Lee Pearson from Great Britain on Breezer. Silver went to Austria's Peppo Puch on Sailor's Blue. And bronze went to Great Britain's Georgia Wilson on Sakura. In grade three, gold went to Denmark's Tobias Torney Jorgensen on Jolene Hill. Silver went to Great Britain's Natasha Baker on Keystone Dawn Chorus. And bronze went to Norway's Anne-Katrine Lubba on La Costa Mylund. Grade four, Netherlands' Sana Voigts won gold, and she's riding De Mantor. Silver went to Sweden's Louise Etzner Jakobsen on Gold Strike BJ. Bronze went to Belgium's Manon Clays on Sandior 2. Oh, Sandior 2 is back. <laughs> so you know his papa Sandior 1 is, you know, stomping his hooves in joy. <laughs> and in grade 5, gold went to Belgium's Michel George on Best of 8. Silver went to Netherlands' Frank Hosmar on Alphaville, and bronze went to Germany's Regina Mispelkamp on Highlander Delights. I wish I had more time to watch Paralympics. I still have a whole list of stuff I want to watch in the Olympics, but I would like to go back and see more of the the Paralympic dressage competition. In football five-a-side... We had more team preliminaries. Oh, so one thing I did find out today is that the women's game is growing. So perhaps by Paris, we will have a women's competition as well. They did have their first world championships in 2019. So we know that there are more and more countries participating on the women's side. So I'm very excited. I'm hopeful that we will see more competition on five-a-side. So in the team preliminaries, China defeated France 1-0. to zero. Brazil defeated Japan 4-0, Thailand defeated Morocco 2-0, and Argentina defeated Spain 2-0. So I did see some of the Brazil and Japan game, which again, passionate, passionate Brazil. Fun to watch. Some of the goals were like, Brazil got a goal right through the goalie's hands, and it was amazing. The one thing that struck me today, though, was that you know, in goalball, you hear quiet, please, all the time. And the Brazilian sideline was just yelling up a storm. And I don't know how these players, on a court that's probably, it's bigger. I think it's a little bigger than a goalball court. And you're outdoors. And you have your team yelling at you. Or your coaches yelling at you. And you have to hear a jingle ball. 
how do you do it? I, I'd love to have a microphone closer to the field to play so we could hear just how loud that ball is. Because th what these athletes can do just is really impressive to block out all that noise and, and figure out where the ball is. Over in goal ball, we had both men's and women's preliminary matchups. This ends group play. On the women's side, Brazil defeated Egypt 11-1. to China beat Canada 4-2. to United States beat Turkey 4-3. to And in the men's side, I saw this one. Lithuania beat the United States 13-3. to They won by the mercy rule. So if you have a 10-point lead, the game is over. And this was a rematch of the 2016 gold medal game. So that was telling. Turkey beat Ukraine 1-0 and China beat Germany 8-3. So our quarterfinal matchups on the women's side, it's going to be China versus Brazil, USA versus RPC, Turkey versus Australia, and Israel versus Japan. On the men's side, it will be Japan and China, Ukraine and USA, Belgium versus Lithuania, and Brazil versus Turkey. In powerlifting, this was also the close of competition. So if, if you've seen any more than the one lift from the first day, let us know. And I know there, I, I do know that World Para Powerlifting has been live tweeting this, but somehow the live tweeting just, it's not the same. That's not television coverage. That's not where you can just sit and watch it like everything else. And with the rise of CrossFit over the last 10 years or so, I would think that you'd have more coverage of parapower lifting because more people would be interested in it. But what do I know? Anyway, it was the women's 86 kilo and the over 86 kilos. The women had the 86 kilo class gold went to Nigeria's Folashade Olufayamayo whose best lift was 151 kilos. That's a world record and a Paralympic record. Compare that to silver, which was won by Zhang Feifei from China, whose best lift was 139 kilos. So that's just a huge differential. Yeah, we've seen a lot of big differentials between gold and silver. And then silver and bronze tended to bunch. So it's sort of like someone is so amazing and then the rest of the competition sort of settles into a group. Yeah, that's that is an interesting point. And if anybody knows why, because you got I, to see it. Yeah. Would love to know. Bronze went to Louise Sugden from Great Britain, whose best lift was 131. In the over 86 kilo class, gold went to Deng Zhumei from China, whose best lift was 153 kilos. Silver went to Loveline Obiji from Nigeria, whose best lift was 147 kilos. And bronze went to Marzena Ziba from Poland, whose best lift was 140. In the men's top weight classes, the first one was a 107 kilos. Gold went, we got our first Mongolian name. <laughs> That's all I have to say. When I saw this, I thought of the dulcet tones of Jason Bryant. <laughs> Mongolia's. Snodapulji Khabayar won gold. His best lift was 245 kilos. He got a Paralympic record for that, and he broke his own Paralympic record doing that. He holds the world record, so you know he can lift more as well. Silver went to Malaysia's Ki Ying Jong, 
whose best lift was 237 kilos. And bronze went to Saman Razi from Iran, whose best lift was 231. And in the men's plus 107 kilos, Gold went to Jamil Eshebli from Jordan, whose best lift was 241 kilos. Silver went to Mansour Pormirzai from Iran, who also lifted 214 kilos. But the weight differential, as we know, if you have a lighter body weight, you get the higher prize. So Mansour weighs 159.52 kilos. And Jamil weighs only 134.86 kilos. What a massive differential in weight. It's impressive. And bronze went to Faris Al-Aguile from Iraq, whose best lift was 228. In shooting, we had the R2 women's 10-meter air rifle standing SH1 class. So these shooters can hold the rifle without any support, and they may shoot from either a sitting or a standing position. Gold went to uh, Avani Lakara from India. Yay. She equaled the world record of 249.6 points and got a Paralympic record as well. Silver went to Zhang Kolping from China with a score of 248.9. Bronze went to Irina Shnetnik from Ukraine with a score of 227.5. So our listener Meredith is with Superfan Sarah out in Colorado Springs for the USOPC watch party because her friend Taylor Farmer is in this event. Taylor placed 14th out of 21 in qualifications and only the top may move on to the finals. And since we're talking about the event in Colorado Springs, if you are not on our Facebook group, you must join us because Superfan Sarah and Listener Meredith will be posting videos from their experience out in Colorado Springs. So that is keep the Flame Alive podcast group on Facebook, and you'll get some really cool things like how Superfan Sarah broke the COVID machine. I did wave back at the video. <laughs> I don't know. I hit the age where I love a good wave. In the men's R1 10-meter air rifle standing SA1 class, gold went to Dong Chiao from China with a Paralympic record. Silver went to Andriy Doroshenko from Ukraine. And bronze went to Park Jinho from Korea. And in the R4 mixed 10-meter air rifle standing SH2, so these athletes use a stand to partially support the weight of the rifle and fire from a sitting position. This would be the class that our Shuk Flastani mechanic gear is in. So gold went to Philip Johnson from Sweden, who set a Paralympic record. Silver went to Franček Goraz Tirzek from Slovenia. And bronze went to Andrea Liverani from Italy. And McKenna finished 21st in qualifications and therefore did not make the finals. Sitting volleyball, which we actually got to see. On the women's side, RPC defeated Rwanda 3-0. China defeated USA 3-0. And if you want a repeat from 2016, well, actually from most Paralympics in the last four to five games, the gold medal match has been China versus USA. So in 2016, USA finally won gold, but China has won that quite often previously. On the men's side, China defeated Germany 3-1 to and Iran defeated Brazil 3-0. to So in the pool play, RPC and Iran are undefeated in the men's tournament. And on the women's side, Brazil and China are undefeated. And we have two more days of pool play. So what do you think of sitting volleyball? 
I'm still a little, I, I get the basics, you know, I understand what's happening, but I'm still confused as to how they move around because it seems like there's a very wide range of disabilities of the players and mm -hmm. that confuses me. So I wonder if there's also a point system with what players can be on the court like there is in wheelchair rugby, because it seemed like certainly people had a lot of mobility in their lower body and then other people didn't. So I'm wondering how that comes together. Yes. So that's to look up. And also, I didn't understand some of the calls that were made. And it would be like, oh, uh, the USA got the point. Oh, no, they didn't. Unforced error. And no real explanation as to why. I the commentators for this sport are Tanith White, who is the wife of our Shoklastani, Charlie White, and former U.S. player Carrie Miller-Ortiz. And you can really tell it's Miller-Ortiz's first time in the booth. And she didn't talk a whole bunch. You could tell she was nervous and a little stilted at first. She was getting better and warming up in the, the game that I saw. But I, she's got some work to do to really be able to talk about the facts like some of the other other commentators do. Like I think in swimming, I do love Michelle Conkley. She has done a fantastic job at explaining what's going on in a very succinct but comprehensive way. Agreed. Though to be fair, if people listen to like our first season. Watching that game and listening to the commentary, you start to understand how difficult that role is. Because it's easy to complain about your commentators, but I can tell that Tanith White, Tanith White, you know, is done a lot of commentary and she's very good at commentary. She's learning sitting volleyball. And I can tell that. Then we have a first time commentator who knows the sport and is learning how to commentate. And I know she's been practicing, but you can really tell how difficult it is to talk uh, intellectually about a sport and communicate what's going on and and take it in at the same time. It's It's really tough to do. It's kind of fun to listen to the team because clearly these two women have never worked together before. Right. It'll be interesting to listen to them as we go along in the competition. We'll be sort of watching the competition and watching the development of these announcers, which is a strange level that's very niche for us. Mm -hmm. But stuff that we love, the stuff that yeah. we love. You know, if if you are interested in that kind of thing, listener Meredith, if you could post that in, I think you were the one that hit me to a podcast, uh, it was a running podcast, and they talked with Kara Goucher, who did the long distance races for the U.S. commentary on NBC during the Olympics. And this was a between the U.S. trials and Tokyo and she talks a lot about how much she had to study up for Tokyo because she knows the American scene, doesn't know the world scene as well. And just the progression from audition to making some mistakes to getting better. And it was a really great interview. In swimming, we had uh, a lot of backstroke today. So we had 100-meter races. We had 50-meter races in the men's 100-meter backstroke S7 class, which... Uh, which I know I'm just calling it the hodgepodge class. It's got uh, low to arm disabilities, leg disabilities, trunk disabilities, side disabilities, missing limbs, short stature. Gold went to Andrei Trusov from Ukraine. Silver went to Pipo Carlo Magno from Argentina. And bronze went to Mark Maliar from Israel. For the same class in the women, 
Gold went to Mallory Wegman from USA. Silver went to Danielle Doris from Canada. And bronze went to Julia Gaffney from USA. I know I saw this race. Yes, and Mallory and Julia are training partners. That's there was nice. a lot of sister joy, so to speak. In the men's 100-meter backstroke S9 finals, which this class, it's a disability in one leg or an absence of one leg or a moderate disability in all four limbs. Gold went to Bogdan Moskovoy from RPC. Silver went to Yahoo Schlachnow from Belarus. And bronze went to Timothy Hodge from Australia. In the women's S9 version of this race, gold went to Hannah Aspton from USA, Nuria Marquez-Soto from Spain won silver, and Sophie Pascoe from New Zealand won bronze. And this was another one where the commentators were talking about Sophie Pascoe, and she just died with about 50, not even 50, like 25 meters to go, I think. She just slowed way down, and the other two past her because she had been winning it was that was a tough race i think for sophie i think sophie is the world record holder so this oh, was okay an upset race. And, and hannah asbed they call hurricane hannah <laughs> and you know i love a good nickname and then we move back to the 50 meter backstroke this is the s5 class for both men and women which is a high level of disability in the mid trunk and legs or moderate disability in all four limbs so on the men's side, China swept the podium. Zhang Tao took gold, Ruang Jingsong took silver, and Wang Li Chao took bronze. For the women, gold went to Lu Dong from China, silver to Teresa Perales from Spain, and bronze went to Sevalite Osturk from Turkey. So you've got the results for the men's 200-meter free S4 class? S4, yes, is a high degree of disability in both legs and trunk or the absence of multiple limbs. The gold went to Ami Omer Darion from Israel. Japan, host country, takes the silver. Suzuki Teayuki and RPC with the bronze, Roman Shadanov. In the women's 100-meter freestyle S3 class, which is going to be a higher degree of disability... Gold went to Argela Trimi from Italy. Silver went to America's Leanne Smith. And bronze went to Yulia Shishova from RPC. Moving over to Butterfly, we had the men's and women's 50-meter fly, the S6 class, which is a moderate affectation on one side or highly affected in the hips and legs or short of stature. For the men, China took both gold and silver. Wang Chingan won gold. Uh, Jia Hongguan won silver, and your friend, Nelson Crispin Corzo from Colombia, took the bronze. For the women, China's Jiang Yuyan took gold. Nicole Turner from Ireland eh, won silver, and Elizabeth Marks from the U.S. won bronze. This one I saw as well, and once Elizabeth Marks had won one race, then, you know, the commentators want her to win every race. And she does not have a quick reaction time off the blocks. And I think this was too short of a distance to catch up. Because, yeah, Jiang Yan just was flying. I mean, they call it the splash and dash in the Olympics, and it's got the same distance. So the slow reaction time really makes a difference. 
We had four races in the 200 meter that spanned two classes. So there was SM11 for both men and women and SM13. Uh, These are both visual impairment classes. SM13 is a lesser degree of visual impairment. For the SM11, uh, for the men, Roger Dorsman from Netherlands won gold. Uh, Mikhailo Serbin from Ukraine took silver. And Tomita Uchu from Japan took bronze. For the women, Ma Jia from China took gold. Kai Li Wen from China took silver. And Anastasia Pagonis from USA took bronze. For the SM13 class, Ihar Boki from Belarus took gold. And they said, like, he went six for six in Rio for gold, and he's four for four now. They They keep saying his name. They call him the Beast. Oh, and he's the Belarusian Beast. Let's make it even better. Uh, Silver went to Alex Portal from France, and bronze went to Thomas Van Warroij from Netherlands. And on the women's side for that class, Carlotta Gili from Italy took the gold. Colleen Young from USA took silver. And Shaksana Mankan Toshpolotova from Uzbekistan took bronze. I just want to mention Colleen Young and I share an alma mater. So go Stags. Oh, that's very cool. Has your alumni association been all excited? Yes. <laughs> that's good. That's very good. And then the men had their 4 by 100 meter freestyle relay 34 points race. Gold went to Australia, silver to Italy, and bronze to Ukraine. I don't know if this had any drama like the drama from the women's race. The women's race? No, it seemed to be very drama free. Oh, that's good. For table tennis, we had more singles finals. For the women, we start with the WS6 class, which is standing with moderate disability to the arms and legs. Gold went to Marina Lyotovchenko from Ukraine. Maliak Alieva from RPC took silver. And bronzes went to Ariza Chabanika from RPC and Stephanie Graba from Germany. For the WS7 class, which is standing and a low degree of impairment to all four limbs or a moderate to both arms or both legs. Gold went to Kelly Vanzan from Netherlands. Silver went to Victoria Safanova from RPC. And bronzes went to Anne Barnaud from France and Kubra Korkut from Turkey. In the women's WS9 class standing, a low degree of disability in one arm or one leg. Gold went to Australia's Lina Lei. Silver went to Zhang Guilian from China. And bronze went to Carolina Peck from Poland. And also Alexa Svitakis from Hungary. In the WS10 class, this is standing. Oh, this is Millie Tapper's class. So... Gold went to Australia's Jiang Yang, who beat Millie earlier on in the knockout stage. So again, like we said before, if you're going to lose, if you lose to the gold medalist, not bad. Silver went to Bruna Costa Alexandra from Brazil, and bronzes went to Natalia Partiga from Poland, and Tian Xiao Wen from Taipei. So I do want to mention that the team is a mixed class. So the gold medalist from class nine and class 10 will join Millie Tapper on the Australian women's nine ten class team. Oh, nice. So I think that bodes well for the Australian ladies team there. 
I'm looking forward to that. I will have my little timer lantern ready to go. <laughs> Should they need a timeout? On the men's side, we had four finals. The first was MS1, which was a, a wheelchair a wheelchair class where the chair is locked into place and the, the competitors have moderate disabilities to their arms and shoulders. Gold went to Ju Young Day from Korea. Silver went to Kim Hyung Yuk from Korea. And bronzes went to Thomas Matthews from Great Britain and Nam Ki Won from Korea. In the MS2 class, also a locked wheelchair with moderate disability to both hands, but no restrictions in the arms or shoulders. Gold went to Fabian Lamarol from France. Silver went to Raphael Chipper from Poland. And bronzes went to uh, Cha Soo Young from Korea and Park Jin Jai from Korea. In the MS4 class, this is uh, a wheelchair class, but they can move the wheelchair backward and forward. The gold went to Abdullah Ozturk from Turkey. Silver went to Kim Young-gun from Korea. And Maxine Thomas from France. And Nassim Turan from Turkey won bronzes. And finally, the MS8 class final. This is a standing with a low level of di a disability in both arms or both legs or moderate impairments in one leg. Gold went to Zhao Shuai from China. Silver went to Viktor Diduk from Ukraine. And bronzes went to Maxim Nikolenko from Ukraine and Pen Wai Hanan from China. In wheelchair basketball, we had the end of group play for the men. Canada defeated Colombia 63 to 52. Germany beat Iran 56 to 53. Japan beat Turkey 67 to 55. Great Britain beat Australia 70 to 69. There were some close matches today. And then, and then you get to USA beat Algeria 86 to 25. The, the groups ended. Spain was the only undefeated team in the whole tournament. They topped Group A. And then in Group B, Great Britain and USA both had a four and one record. So our quarterfinal matchups will be Spain versus Germany, USA versus Turkey, Japan versus Australia. Great Britain versus Canada. Colombia and Algeria will be playing for 11th and 12th place. Korea and Iran will play for 9th and 10th. They start their knockout rounds on Wednesdays because tomorrow is the women's quarterfinals with Canada versus U.S., Germany versus Spain, China versus Great Britain, Netherlands versus Japan, and Australia and Algeria will play for 9th and 10th place. Oh, that Canada-U.S. game is going to be good. Mm -hmm. And we had some wheelchair tennis. Heat delays again, postponing some of the results. In the quad singles quarterfinals, Niels Vink from Netherlands defeated Great Britain's Andy Lapthorne 6-4-6-1. Sugeno Koji from Japan beat David Wagner from the U.S. 6-4-6-2. This bums me out, and I haven't gotten to see him play yet. Well, now I have to go back and watch him play. But I, I, I do like David Wagner. We saw him on the media day, and he's practically our age which I like even more. Sam Schroeder from Netherlands beat Heath Davidson from Australia, 6-2-6-1. And Dylan Alcott from Australia beat Brian Barton from US, 6-0-6-1. And the difference between, because in, in wheelchair tennis, there's men's and women's singles and then a quad class. And the quad class has more arm impairment. Yes. And sometimes they have to tape their rackets to their wrists to make sure they stay on, which has got to hurt with the tape. 
And also when you think about the heat, if you're wrapped up in tape, that's got to be, it, it limits your body's ability to regulate temperature because you can't sweat through tape. It's not going to evaporate. In the men's doubles quarterfinals, Great Britain's Hewitt and Reed beat Gerard and Van Dorp from Belgium, 6-2, 6-2. And France beat Spain, the team of Houdet and Pfeiffer, 1-6-3, 6-4. And other matches will be on the lookout for. It was a quieter day. Are you kidding? <laughs> Were you sleeping on the couch through it and that's why it was quieter? I did fall asleep on the couch again. Maybe it felt quieter because we watched the same stuff over from days prior. So it made you feel like, oh, there's not much going on today. I know there were fewer sports, but uh, we'd like to take a second and thank our Patreon patrons who give an ongoing contribution to the show. Their support has been invaluable to us, especially because the new patrons that we got during the Olympics and the, the ones who have signed on during the Paralympics so far have allowed us to provide transcripts of our show's and that's something we've wanted to do for a while because it makes the show more accessible to more people. So thank you very much, patrons. We could not be here without your support. If you would like to make an ongoing contribution, sign up at patreon.com slash flamealivepod. We have Shukla Stan watch. We do. We actually have both Shukla Stanis in action to no what? Uh, tomorrow. What? I know. Melissa Tapper will compete with the Australian women's team in table tennis in class 9 and 10. And Mechanic Gear is back with the R5 Mixed Air Rifle Prone SH2. Very exciting day. I'm super pumped to watch. Okay, that means it's time to say sayonara. As always, you can email us at flamealivepod at gmail.com. Text or voicemail us at 208-352-6348. That's 208-FLAMEIT. We're Pod on social. I'm on Twitter. Allison's on Insta and Facebook, so please get at us there. Join the Keep the Flame Alive podcast group on Facebook. And don't forget our Kickstarter and help us reach our goal of bringing you on-the-ground coverage at Beijing. That's kickstarter.com slash profile slash flamealivepod. As we go out to music by Mercury Sunset, thank you so much for listening, and until tomorrow, keep the flame alive.